Hey guys, welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders podcast. I am your host, Craig Dixon. I'd like to start this episode off with an apology for, uh, I don't know who I'm actually apologizing to. I don't know if I even have a fan base or anyone who listened. I do remember there were a few people who did respond to some things I talked about prior episodes, but um, I haven't had an episode in nearly two years. Um, It's been over two years now. Uh, I believe I left off with after the Islanders had swept the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the, uh, of the playoffs in 2019, um, and was prepping for their second round series against the Hurricanes to be played at the Barclays Center. So yeah, just to talk about how long it's been, uh, since I've recorded an episode of the Belmont Skates podcast. Um, I, you know, life gets in the way. Um, I know a lot of people out there, um, really crave the Islanders content, um, especially with uh, all this news and and this beginning of a new season, you know, returning to play, the returning to fan attendance uh, during quarantine and the COVID uh, pandemic. So, you know, it's been a few years. I haven't really been around to talk about the Islanders, but just want to apologize for not being around. Um, but, you know, we're here. We're at the namesake of this podcast, Belmont. We're finally here. Islanders started the season on a 13-game road trip, um, basically achieved a 500 record if you count the two overtime losses and the two points they got from there, from them as one win. You know that would put them at a six and six uh, record. Uh, you know whatever we'll take it. Um, although they played 13 games, so I guess my math doesn't really work out there. But uh, we're finally here. Finally, first game ever at the brand new UBS Arena in Elmont, New York, uh, right adjacent to the Belmont Skates, uh, Belmont Stakes. Oh, man, it didn't take me long. What was it, the three, one-minute mark before I messed up? Two-minute mark. All right, not too bad. Um, last time I left off with you, I think I was talking about Mitch Fritz when I was meant to talk about Tanner Fritz. So if you recall any old episodes of mine, I do tend to make the – Oh, the glaring uh, error, which in my head, you like, you should know what I'm talking about. But when I say it, it's obviously I come off like an idiot, doesn't know what I, doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so excuse me for when I talk about uh, Robin Salo getting called up to replace the injured Ryan Pulak today when I accidentally call him Tommy Salo. It's just inevitably going to happen. Um, but yeah, let's just talk about early thoughts uh, about the team this thus far. Uh, the two new additions um, for the team this year have had, you know, mixed reviews. We can talk with uh, about Zach Parisi. Um, I think he's played really well. Um, uh, I just, you know, he's not getting, he's not really getting on the score sheet. Um, he has, I think, three points in the 13 games thus far, which is not ideal. You'd like to see him probably put up a little bit more, you know, you know, we can't really expect him to be a big time goal scorer at this stage of his career, but I thought his uh, shifts have been well. I thought his, he played well with his line mates. I just think the, uh, generally speaking, the, his line mates have all been snake bitten as well when he was playing on the third line with Pajot, Pago and uh, Pajo, Jesus Christ, here we go. Uh, and Wallstrom, you know, he wasn't really racking up the points and now, you know, he's kind of been in the line blender. He played a little bit on the first line with Barzi uh, has one assist and, you know, in the game they scored one goal in. Um, but aside from that, he's not really doing much to get on the score sheet. But, you know, he's not really 
being paid to be a first-line and second-line player. I know he was on the first line the last few games, but, you know, they're kind of going with the line blender right now. So, ultimately, I think the third line or second line, wherever he ends up playing the most, will start picking up points as long as he keeps playing the way he is. Um, I do like what I've seen from Parisi. It's not really getting high danger scoring chances, but, you know, he is putting the puck on that. He is driving the play a lot. So I like to see that. Um, I honestly, you can't really, you can't really blame them for trying this. I mean, he's getting paid basically league minimum, you know, not counting bonuses. So I I expect uh, bigger things from him. I'm not expecting him to be, you know, the frontline talent he was on Minnesota for all those years, but you know, we, as long as we can expect him and he doesn't have that giant albatross contract, you know, let's just, let's just see where this goes. Let's see. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, the other new addition this year, Dezeno Chara, obviously returning to the Island. Wow. It's been, it's been a whirlwind. People were really excited about his return. Um, you know, starting his career as an Islander. I remember meeting him as, um, God, I must've been 14 years old, um, at a King Cullen in Rockville center at this, very low-key uh, autograph signing. He was gigantic. He was nice. It was pleasant. Then, you know, a year or two later, he was traded uh, as part of the uh, the infamous Alexi Yashin trade. So, you know, uh, it's been a long time since he's been on the Islanders. He's obviously a future Hall of Famer. He's lost a step in the last few years. That's why the Bruins ultimately let him go uh, last year to free agency, and he signed with the Capitals last year. Um, you know, I don't remember the reviews of, uh, at, you know, the Caps writers, really what they thought of him last year. I Obviously, everybody knows he's taken a step back. He's, you know, he's the oldest player in the NHL, uh, one of the oldest. And, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough learning curve for him. You know, he's he's pretty one dimensional at this stage of his career. He's not mobile. Um, he's still got that big presence in front of the net, which, you know, can be a drawback as well, because, you know, He's a defenseman, so he might be blocking our goalies as well, screening our goalies. So, you know, it, it's going to be adjustment to the Larry system. You know, the Capitals, playing for the one year for the Capitals is way different than playing for one year for the Islanders in Barry Trotz's team, uh, which is a very defensive set uh, mindset. So I don't know. I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, you know, he's lost a lot of steps in the last few years. Um, he's a far cry from, you know, the captain of the Bruins carrying the the decor for the Bruins to Stanley to the Stanley Cup in what was that 2011 so it's 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 been a long time since he's been you know a first line you know first d pairing center uh you know, you know core of the defensive corps you know it's been a long time and he's struggling he's really struggling out there you know i feel like he's reaching a lot i feel like he's covering the wrong guy on a lot of plays but you know, it's only 13 games. It does take a while to get used to the trot system. Um, you know, we saw it with um, Pajo. You know, it took him a while when he was acquired. You know, it's, I know it's completely different because he's a center. But it took him a while to get – once he got acquired from uh, the Senators, he took him some time to kind of get his foot wet. And then you know, it was basically as soon as the playoffs turned on, it's when Pajo really became an Islander um, two years ago at the bubble. And then, you know, the same goes for, uh, he can say to a lesser extent, Andy Green, I don't think he really had as many learning curves because he came from a defensive 
organization in the Devils. But, you know, the team is struggling in general right now, and I and you can't attribute it to just Chara. I mean, there's a lot of problems, but, like, even before Ryan Pulak got to, went down with an injury, you could say, you know, the Pelik and Pulak uh, pairing, you know, the one that we've been, you know, praising all offseason long, the one that carried us in the playoffs the last two years, they were struggling before Pulak went down. Let, let's not let's not pretend that the entire Islanders defensive breakdown the last 13 games have been all attributed to Chara because that's not fair to him. He's not playing the top minutes. He's not playing as much as Pulak. He's not playing as much as Pelic. Hell, Aho is playing more minutes than him, you know, the last few games as a replacement. So, you know, let's give him, you know, I, I, I don't know how many games is the right measure to, gauge a player of his age and his stature and his reputation. Um, he is a def- defenseman. He, uh, not defense, he's a, he is a defenseman. Uh, he's a veteran. So, you know, the Islanders and Trots seem to give them more le- you know, leeway when it comes to, you know, figuring out their game. And before we talk about benchings, but he is the early, he is the early candidate for someone, a veteran presence to be benched. We know the Islanders will always bench a rookie, before they bench a veteran, you know, now we've gotten to the point where Dobson is being the odd man out. And let's be honest, Dobson hasn't been good either. You know, a lot of the beginning of the season, he was paired with Chara. So you could blame it on pairings um, or you could just blame it on his inexperience. He still is the youngest player on the team. It is expected that he's going to have learning curves. It takes a defenseman a lot longer to, you know, get to the NHL level defenseman to become an NHL level defenseman as opposed to a forward, you know, a Beauvillier can step in as an 18, 19 year old at the NHL level and kind of, you know, fit in and Barzell as a, you know, as a young player as well. Um, But, you know, defense is a whole nother game. You know, we saw how long it took Ryan Pulak to become an NHL regular. I believe he was drafted in 2016 at, um, no, it was before. I'm sorry. He made his NHL debut really like he really only started becoming an NHLer in the 2016 playoffs um, against the Panthers. And like that was after basically not playing in the regular season at all. And then the following season after that, he was still an up and down, you know, Bridgeport shuttle guy for the Islanders. He didn't really establish himself as a full time NHLer until I want to say 20, what? 18 uh like full time all the time not being called up and down anymore so it takes a long time um you know and it's unfortunate you know for the islanders because they traded away two guys who already had that experience who already were you know puck moving defensemen in you know devon taves and nick letty um you know and i we're seeing that hole right now so dobson it seems to be the odd man out um the deep pairings uh in practice, the first ever practice at UBS Arena uh, today, um, you know, suggest it looks like they're going to go with po- probably Ajo might be playing instead of Ob- Dobson again, even though they called up, even though they called up um, <clears throat> Robin Salo, it looks like Salo is going to slot in the lineup because the D pairings are, I, I just had it open. Of course I closed it. Um, they're going to put, Pellick with Mayfield on the first pairing. Um, Chara is going to play with Salo, and they're rotating Green. Green looks like Green's in no matter what. And Aho and Dobson are kind of transferring in and out, you know, on, during practice drills. So, you know, considering Dobson just sat out the last game for Aho, even though he's playing in his off wing, 
uh, off, offside, whatever. Um, it looks like, you know, I, I would give Aho another chance. Uh, I know Aho looked really bad in the first game. Uh, I think he looked better in the second game. Again, everybody kind of looked bad in both games. But, uh, you know, he had a really good scoring chance. He probably would have scored uh, on that wraparound goal, but nine out of every ten times you take that. Uh, he had the goalie beat. Uh, it was just a really good play by the defenseman for the Panthers. So, you know, it, it it's 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 okay. You know, Dobson, you know, he's got to earn his stripes as well. You know, as much as we want to just throw, you know, all the kids out there, you know, now we're, we, we already have inexperience now in Ajo playing at the NHL level. We already have inexperience now coming in with Robin Salo. So it's okay that Dobson sits every once in a while. You know, we, we need we need the experience. That's why you got a Mayfield. That's why you got Pe- Pelic in there. Um, and unfortunately, Chara doesn't seem like he'll be the guy coming out right right now. You know, if we're getting to game 30 and the Islanders are still struggling, they're still flirting with 500 record and they're way out of the picture, playoff picture, then we might start seeing Chara getting a healthy scratch every once in a while and kind of becoming the seventh D-man. But as of this moment, you know, Chara's solidified in the top six. It's going to he's going to stay there. You know, and Dobson will have to earn his way back. He's going to have to have good practices. He might have to wait for another injury, which, you know, and that's something that people are really overlooking about last season is the Islanders had amazing injury luck. I mean, aside from losing Anders Lee for the last few months of the season and playoffs, they really didn't have much adversity when it came to injuries. That Everybody was healthy throughout most of the season. They didn't need much of their depth. That's why Sebastian Ajo hasn't played, didn't play last year. He played in what, three games, I believe. So he's barely played it, it, you know, playing as like a taxi squad member last year. So he's barely played at the NHL level. So we got to give Ajo a little bit of, we got to give him a chance. You know, he's drafted the same year as Robin Salo. They're both coming from the 2017 draft. Uh, it's something that we should all take into effect. And we know it's, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. Absolutely. The start the Islanders have gotten off to is frustrating, especially when they won five out of their first, what, uh, eight games. It looked like they were going to settle for a pretty above average start to this road trip. And then they really faltered the last four games, getting outscored, you know, six to one against the Panthers and putting up the zeros against, (laughs) against the lightning. It's been, or only scoring one against the lightning as well. It's been, it's been a tough road the, the last few games, but you know, the thing that people are blaming the road trip, a lot too. And while I want to blame the road trip, which it, it, it is a long road trip, it's the longest in Islanders history. It's the second longest in NHL history. Um, but I, 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 not even the road trip. Cause I mean, they had some opportunities to come home, practice at Northwell health, uh, Nor- Northwell health, uh, ice and Eisenhower park. Um, but it, it's, I think it's like the imbalance of the amount of times they played. I mean, just this past weekend, they played, or the weekend before, they played three out of four games in four three games in four nights after not only playing one game in the previous ten days, and then you know they're playing like this past week. It, it, it's just been crazy. They've had. I feel like that's why the beginning of the season they were off to like a pretty good start. Like the first eight games, they were really playing well. They had like a five two and two record or something like that. And that's when the the schedule is more balanced. You know, you play two to three times a week. You play every other night, you know, play maybe a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, and a Saturday. You give one day of rest in between each game. But the last few weeks have been just crazy. They've been just sitting on their hands 
you know, traveling and practicing and, you know, on the road, sometimes traveling home to practice. Um, like, yeah, let's look at the first few weeks of the season. The first two weeks of the season, they had three games. That's to be expected. You know, it's the beginning of the season. Then they, after they, uh, played, um, I'm sorry, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the preseason. So yeah, two games the first week expected the season start on a Thursday. The next week they played on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It's the standard NHL schedule. Then they played a back-to-back. So that's Saturday into a Sunday. Then they were off for five consecutive days, then played a Saturday game. And then they were off for another four games, which is insane to me. They played one game in nine days. That's insane. Followed by three games in four nights. Montreal, Winnipeg, Minnesota. Then offer another three. Goes to, to, to Jersey, gets shut out for nothing. Another three days off. And then back to back in Florida. Like, what, where, was the, where was the schedule? Those first five, six games were well balanced. Yeah, it was one, two, three, six games. The first six games were balanced normally. Game, day off. Game, two days off. Game, day off. Game, day off. Back-to-back games. And then, then the craziness started. Five game, days off, one game. Four days off, one game. One day off. Two back-to-backs. What, absolutely insane. And then another bunch of, uh, what, a one game in five days? How can you get in any possible rhythm, especially when you haven't been home to play? I don't know how the NHL um, scheduled this. I don't know if the Islanders had any say in this like the the way the games were made up, but there were too many long breaks and we've already had two back-to-backs in a 13-game road trip. So two back-to-backs and two long layoffs. A five-day, they had one five-day stretch of not playing and they've had one four-day stretch of not playing and three three-day stretches of no games. That's insane to me. So anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting off on a going off on a little tangent here. You know, I haven't really recorded much in the last few years, but it's it's something to be concerned about. But really, what it all comes down to is we're here finally at the opening of the UBS Arena. The images of the inside of it are starting to leak through. You know, we're starting to see like the Isles Lab Team Store, which looks really unbelievable. We're seeing like murals painted on the wall. We just saw today that they're putting the Isles meetup groups, their team, like the meetup logos for the various uh, fan-made uh, like meetup groups across the country and the world. They're putting their logos in the rafters uh, of the of the UBS arena. I almost said Barclay Center. I, I, then I almost corrected myself and said Nassau Coliseum. I'm completely out of my podcast game, but here we are. Um, but like, what a nice touch. There's an Islanders Hall of Fame with all the plaques which looks like, appears to be in a public area in somewhere in the concourse. Um, we've seen the great images of the, of the grand entryway. I don't know what they're calling it. I don't know if it has a name, like uh, the Jackie Robinson Rotunda in uh, City Field. I don't know if they have a special name for it. But, I mean, it, it, the uh, arena looks unbelievable. Um, I will say this. Um, I am, you know, no longer a season ticket holder. So this is the first time in, you know, I wasn't really a season ticket holder when they played in Brooklyn. I became, uh, I was a season ticket holder before they left for Brooklyn, the last four years of the original Coliseum run. Then I kind of downgraded to like some weekend plan or whatever. Then when they came back to the Coliseum, I got like the only the Islander games that that year that they split between Brooklyn and Uniondale. 
I had only the games that were in uh, Uniondale and at the Coliseum. And then the next year, the whole season was played at the Coliseum. And I re-upped my uh, full season. And that was the last time. This is the first time, you know, my life is in the way. I have a kid on the way. I already have a son uh, juggling a lot of things in my life. Um, not to get into too many personal details. But that's one of the reasons, uh, my personal reason for not doing the podcast lately. But I do have concerns about, like, how they are going to treat non-season ticket holders going into UBS arena. You know, I'm lucky enough that my aunt is still a season ticket holder. So she was able to get me tickets for opening night. Thank you, Ginny. Um, but it's, it's hard to imagine what opening night is going to be like. It's only as I'm recording this only two nights away um, from happening. And there's not a lot of detail. Um, I, I've been looking, I, I've been, as a non-season ticket holder, I don't have any communication with a ticket rep. I don't have any communication with, you know, insider knowledge of what's happening anymore like I used to. Um, so I'm concerned, number one, about parking. A lot of people are questioning, when is the parking lot opening? People are saying 4 o'clock. Some people are saying doors to the to the arena open at 5, so an hour before him. Um, there are signs already posted at UBS saying, no tailgating allowed, no honking, uh, no honking allowed. I don't think either of those are really enforceable. Tailgating is enforceable. Anyone who's ever been to Jones Beach knows that tailgating has in the past been a problem and they will ticket you. I don't know how this will work with the UBS arena. It is state land. Um, so I don't know. It might be tough. It might just be signage that they have to do, of course, at the Nassau Coliseum. If you looked at the fine letter, fine print of your tickets, it does say clearly, and the parking uh, permits uh, when you purchase them back in the day when you'd actually get a ticket stub, it would say tailgating not allowed. And we all know that that was not enforced at all. Cops would drive by and they wouldn't do anything unless you were obviously doing something incredibly stupid. So I don't know. I am worried about that. I'm worried about the fan experience. Um, I know fans probably, I'm sure Yes Men Outfitters want to be out there parked the night before like they were doing during the playoffs last year. That was crazy. I can't believe they did that. But, you know, wow, thumbs up to them for even pulling that off. I would be, I would be absolutely dead the next day, um, but mostly because I don't sleep well. Uh, so, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I am concerned about that. I did, I did always love that, like when it was a big day of being an Islander fan, that you could walk into the Coliseum parking lot super early and you could you could be you you would already be there in a crowd of people ready to tailgate. Seven AM on a Saturday before a seven o'clock PM game, there'd be people there. So I am worried about that aspect and that a lot of people will all be filtering in at the same time, especially if we if we do get word in the next forty eight hours about a time that this parking lot opens. When are these people going to show up? Are is are we going to get an official word? Are we going to say are we going to get four o'clock as official? Because you know I'm seeing people throw around the word four, but the the time four. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true. You know, and you know people are getting this information from ticket reps. They're getting them from people who aren't going to be there to let people in a parking lot. You know, and there are a lot of times in the past that the Coliseum would say, oh, parking lot opens at this time and you could still go in beforehand. So I don't know how that's going to work. There's also, for anybody like me who is just a one-game ticket holder for this, for just this game as of right now, I'm sure I'll go to more games later, there is no way to purchase tickets for parking for the first game. Some people are saying 
tickets are complimentary for opening for the opening night. Some people are saying it's it's complimentary for season ticket holders. One way or another, their second game at UBS Arena is on Sunday. You can buy parking passes for that game on Ticketmaster. You cannot buy ticket ma- you cannot buy any parking passes for Saturday's home opener. So that is a concern for me as well. I am concerned that they have don't have the parking capacity, especially spread out in three different parking lots, four or five parking lots, depending on how you divvy them up. It is concerning to me. Um, it's going to be a different fan experience for sure. You know, you're not going to be meeting in one giant parking lot like the old days. So it will be harder for fans to kind of communicate and meet up with their fellow fans. You know, we know a lot of people tailgate in large groups and they obviously all can't go in one car together. Um, me, for example, I know me and my friends are going to try and go and meet up before this game. And I don't know if I'm going to even be in the same parking lot as them. And they are very far apart. So there might be some walking for some of us. Hopefully there's some shuttle track, but I'm I'm also just concerned. Are there are there going to be enough spots? Are they going to be enforcing this no tailgating thing? Will there be police officers giving out tickets? Um, I don't see how they could possibly possibly enforce uh, no honking policy. So that's just something they have to put in writing to appease the fan, uh, the the nimbies in the area who don't want people honking. I'm sorry, it's going to happen. There are cars. Cars are going to honk one way or another, whether it's let's go Islanders honks or people scared that somebody's about to hit them. There's going to be honking. Sorry, it's happening. Tailgating though, I'm not as positive. And I don't know if they're going to have some kind of outdoor activities like they used to have at the Coliseum, you know, where they had this like fan meetups experiences where you can like, you know, like they had some, uh, they had some several things over the years. They've had like little live concerts for little bands and, um, you know, it's just some like radio interviews. I don't know what the fan experience is going to be like in the parking lot. I don't know if they'll create something. Obviously, I haven't been there. You know, I didn't even go on one of those Belmont tours. The last time I was at Belmont was at for the groundbreaking ceremony. Uh, no, it wasn't even the groundbreaking ceremony. It was the ground. It was the like season ticket holder event at, which was nothing. Uh, you know, it was just like, a bunch of people talking and a lot of free food and free booze. By the way, that was great. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the state of the Islanders right now. I'm really looking forward to this home opener. I, but again, I am worried. Like, what if people start showing up and they don't have enough capacity for parking? That's a deep concern for me. Like, people are going to try and get there early. What am I going to have to do? Am I going to drive to the col? Uh, I see, I call it the Coliseum. Am I going to drive to the arena, find out there's no parking while the lots are full, drive back home, and then take an Uber or figure out some other way of getting there, carpooling? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to be sure, to, for sure. Um, hopefully it's just a, hopefully maybe the whole theory that parking is free for everybody is, is a real thing. But these are concerns for the more casual viewer that I've become. Uh, I'd love to be able to go to more games, but obviously the prices are ridiculous right now. Like I think average ticket prices are in the 300 range now for games, at least for the immediate uh for the immediate future. So we'll see. I know. Um, what else is there to talk about? Uh, Islanders are going to finally wear their home blues for the first time this season. That'll be something nice to see. I am surprised uh, this year. And anybody who follows my personal account, um, if you don't follow me, it's at Craig J Dixon, D I X O N on Twitter. Uh, if you, if you follow me, you know, I was really pumping up like 50th anniversary all off season long and really looking forward to this particular season for a couple of years, actually. 
Um, and there has been no acknowledgement of the Islanders' 50th anniversary. Uh, it seems to me that they're just pumping all of their, you know, stock into the opening of the UBS arena, which is understandable. But it's like, for the most part, I mean, there's already going to be a lot of fanfare at the new arena. I felt like it would have been an easy thing for them to do, uh, to just incorporate it. Uh, and I'm not even, I'm not even talking about doing anything crazy. I'm talking about maybe a 50th anniversary patch on the shoulders, but that never happened. Um, there's no, and also no inaugural season in Belmont uh, patch as well, which is again as a Jersey aficionado, as I like to call myself, it is a little strange. Maybe they'll have uh, inaugural season patch on the Blue Homes this year. Maybe it'll start from this point on. It is weird though because uh, when they finished up their run at the Coliseum, they had the 43 years of history patch on and the Al Arbor patch on both the Roads and the Grays. Uh, the Grace, uh, that's the Yankee fan of me on the home and the roads and even the black third jersey that we had back then had both patches so it's strange that they haven't had anything on their white road jerseys um, I'm hoping maybe we have an, at least an inaugural season in Belmont pa- uh, patch um, the logo is out there they've made a logo we haven't seen a like specific colored one they kind of just keep using a two-tone very basic version of the logo so maybe I'm wrong maybe they're just not doing it it's strange could be the Lou Lamorello rules, but again, we had Charles Wong patches in the year that, uh, you know, Charles Wong unfortunately passed away, and even the Bill Torrey patches for that one game. Uh, so I am a little confused about the lack of patches. I know he's very he's very traditional when it comes to those things, but, like, we have a third jersey as well, you know, and it's not very traditional looking. It's very plain and boring, as many people would say. I think, I think it's a sharp look, their third jersey, but... For no, no a possible other explanation though is that they're waiting for next year. Um, I'm basing this off of history. The Islanders celebrated their 20th anniversary in the '91 through '92 season. 30th was in the 2001, the 2002 season, and 40th was in the 2011 through 2012 season. So history would suggest the Islanders would do this on their, you know, 2021 to 2022 season, which is this current season. Where here, we haven't seen anything about 50th anniversary. So I don't know. Maybe they're holding it off for next year. I mean, technically, maybe they're waiting for the year to turn to 2022. That's possible as well. Uh, The NHL, for example, only used the NHL 20, uh, what was it, the NHL 100th anniversary uh, logo, which was, I believe, worn on the arm for some reason, which was awful choice, like lower arm, like below the numbers. Um, they only wore it in the calendar year of 2020, which was, or whatever year it was. I forget what year it was, 2019. It was the 100th anniversary of the NHL. I don't remember what year it was. Um, it might have been, I, I honestly, I don't remember. But it was only worn in the calendar year. So it was like January. So it was the end of one season through the end of the next season, which like also incorporated the weird rebranding from Reebok to... Um, what is it now? Uh, Adidas? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. But that's maybe something to keep an eye out for the next year. Some Maybe we'll get a patch for this Saturday. I doubt it at this point. It is confusing. Maybe they'll just do it all next year because technically the first season was 1972 to 1973. It's not really the 50th anniversary per se. 
I don't, I don't really even know how, it, like, I would have to look at it on a map, on a map, on a calendar to kind of figure out the right way of doing it. But I think it would have been the 50th season had there been no lockout in 2004, 2005, whatever year that was. So I don't know. Maybe they're, now they're all of a sudden including that. I don't know. Maybe they're just not doing it at all, which is just a weird move. Um, if you want to look back at some of my old tweets, um, again, on my personal account, there was, Within the last five years, a bunch of teams like the Sabres, the Canucks, um, who else? Uh, the Blues, uh, a bunch of teams, the Flyers, the Kings, all had 50th anniversary seasons, and they all honored it in some way. And the Islanders were like that next step, that next class of you know teams that joined the NHL in the early 70s, um, along with the Atlanta Flames. Now, the Flames no longer acknowledged you know, when they do their anniversary patches and their anniversaries, they only reflect their time in Calgary. So they don't even acknowledge their time in uh, Atlanta. You know, they acknowledge them in in other ways, but not when it comes to anniversaries. So the Islanders were really the only team going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary this year. And now that they're not really doing it, it's just kind of a disappointment. You know, other teams had specialty jerseys, you know, specialty logos, uh, throwback jerseys. I don't know. Hopefully we get something down the road maybe they've changed the years that they've done it but I, I i'm just genuinely surprised it would have been easy to do like honestly just manufacturing a patch like if that's all you wanted to do then that would have been easy i'm sure there's already going to be a ton of alumni at these games you know they're going to be bringing out all you know players from the islanders past and recent recent past and like way back i'm sure they'll have eddie westfall there some days i'm sure they'll have poppin will make his appearance when uh the panthers are in town you know, it's just, it's weird that they haven't acknowledged the 50th anniversary. And that's just me. It's something I care about deeply. Um, anything else? I can't, I can't really think of anything else. I'm just trying to get back in the groove of this. I'm covering a lot on my return here. But again, I also don't want to keep this going on too long. I've, you know, really enjoyed being an Islander fan these last few years. They've been really been the most rewarding time uh, of being an Islander fan. I've been an Islander fan since like 1990-ish, uh, sometime around then. I don't really recall the first year I really became a fan. I, re- I have vivid memories of the 2020, uh, sorry, the, the 20th anniversary year, which was 91 uh, through 92. I do remember, I, and the only reason I can place it on that year is because I remember seeing the 20th anniversary logo all over the Nassau Coliseum, and I loved it even as a child. So I've been a fan for a long time, 30 years now. And it's been really this, these last few years under Trotz and Lamorello and the two back-to-back conference final appearances, you know, one win away from going to the Stanley cup final and, you know, losing a one nothing game in game seven on a shorthanded goal. It's, It's been, that was rough, but it's been a really remarkable time to be an Islander fan. And I, Despite the slow start this year, you know, the Islanders are playing a lot of games at home now. Here's the benefit of the long road trip. We're going to have a lot of games to make up and play at home in front of that rabid fan base known as the Isles faithful. We are going to tear the house down on Saturday. I'm really hoping Islanders feed off that energy, feed off that crowd who has been waiting for 30, 40 years for a new state-of-the-art arena. Basically, since the Coliseum was open, it was already outdated. So we've been waiting for this for a long time. The move to Brooklyn, the threats of moving to Quebec and Kansas City. We're finally here at Belmont in Elmont, New York. And my God, it looks beautiful. I hope the fan experience is just as great as the 
pictures and the images coming out today by Neil Best of Newsday. I'm really looking forward to this, and I hope you guys all enjoy it. Be safe. Don't drink too much. Drink just enough, just enough, just a little bit of liquid courage, and enjoy the game this Saturday, boys. Taking on the Calgary Flames, the other team that joined the league in 1972, along with the Islanders. It's kind of fitting that they're facing them. Um, I believe they faced the Atlanta Flames in their first ever game at the Nassau Coliseum as well. So this is just a fitting way to start Belmont. Hopefully we'll have better results and get a win this time. We really don't win at fault. We really got to get this this new building kicked off right. And honestly, a win will just ease a lot of people's thing. And then we're right back at it on Sunday, you know. And then we're playing a lot. The right, Then the Rangers come into town next week. Just a lot of things to look forward to. The Islanders making their uh, UBS Arena debut Saturday against the Flames, 7 o'clock. I'll see you guys there. Um, come come visit me. I'll be in Section 311, I believe. Um, if, you have, if you just want to share some thoughts or anyone who's followed me on Twitter over the years, I'll, I'll be there. I'm hoping to start recording a little bit more again. Um, I'm just going to use my free time as much as I can to do this, but I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, if you don't follow us on Twitter, please follow, I say us, it's me. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, you follow my, the, the podcast account at Belmont Skates, and then you can follow me at, on Twitter at Craig J. Dixon. Um, I don't have a Facebook group now, but you can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, not SoundCloud. Sorry, I'm re- referencing an old podcast that I used to have. I am not on SoundCloud. We're on, we're on Apple uh, uh, Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're all over the place. We're on anywhere, really, where you can get your podcast. Any app that you can think of, we're probably there. If not, just search for us. You'll find us. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope to see you guys soon. Enjoy the game, and let's go Islanders.